Hello, and thank you for listening to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theatre Company podcast. Hello, and welcome to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theatre Company podcast series. This is Natalie Ray, the Development Director for Burning Coal, in for Jerome Davis to talk to Susan Gross about Ruby. Ruby is part of the second stage series this year uh, in 2023, so we're thrilled to have Susan here to talk about it. Welcome, Susan. How Thank- are you? <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm doing doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. Yeah, Ruby is such a personal story, and so I'm, I'm really thrilled that we'll be able to dive deeper into that character and where this character comes from within yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about um, about where you started. I know that you grew mm-hmm. up in Virginia. Um, so what was some of your first theatrical experience mm-hmm. and uh, and what gave you that, that acting bug that you just yeah. had to follow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, I, I would say my parents took me to a play at the Barter Theater when I was, you know, I don't know how old I was, but pretty young probably like eight eight or eight or something like that eight or nine years old and I loved it was a play called well we all know it Ten Little Indians um, Agatha Christie and I just thought wow this is amazing what people can do on the stage and I would love to be a part of something like that someday so um, so I, I did you know I took drama classes and basically in high school also middle school I was gonna say when I was about I was about 10 or 11 years old. Um, I think I was in like sixth grade. I had teachers who, I had to do like a sketch from like a book report. They were like, oh, we had to read this book and um, we could either What was pick... the book? Do you remember? <laughs> it was a book called Lizard Music. What? Don't, don't ask me <laughs> anything about the book. I don't remember anything about it. Um, I do have a copy of it though. I found it one day at like a used bookstore and I was like, I'm going to keep a copy of this book because... Um, this set me on my journey, really. Uh, yeah, so my so my best friend and I did, like, we had to do either an essay or, like, a skit from the, like, write something from the book. And so my, my best friend and I decided to act out a scene from the book. And so we did that, and my teachers loved it. And they held me after school, and they were, like, had to have, like, a private conversation with me, which was basically, like, we think you're a very talented actor and you should pursue this as a career. So it's quite like a big thing for me as, you know, 11 years old to be told that, you know. Yeah, you're not in trouble. Yeah. You're just an actor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just accept who you are. Let's let's get on with it. That's fantastic. And then and then from there you went to college? Yeah, so I studied theater arts in college. I studied literature, but yeah, I went to Rono College. And there I worked consistently with a director who was amazing. Her name's Dr. Lisa Warren. Um, And we worked together pretty much two shows a a season, I say, but two shows, I guess, a year. Um, And it really opened my eyes to like how amazing theater could be and all of these different playwrights that I had never heard of. And and luckily one of them was a, a playwright called Christopher Durang. Um, I ended up doing a show called Baby with a Bathwater at Roanoke College, and um, I just fell in love with this playwright. And so years later, I moved, before I moved to New York, I moved to Boston 
um, to do theater there. Hmm. And I was cast in a production of a Christopher Durang play called The Vietnamization of New Jersey. And the same director decided he wanted to do the show in New York. So this is kind of how I got to New York. So I lived in Boston for a few years, and then I basically, like, he was like, do you want to do the show in New York? And I said, 100%, like, let's do it. And this was at an off-Broadway um, theater, theater row. Um, this is how I got my equity card. I actually worked with the playwright, Christopher Durang, which was an amazing experience. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it just was like everything started happening, and... You know, I ended up staying with, like, a friend on the Upper West Side. And I was like, this is my life now. It's amazing. And, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was one of the greatest experiences because my first equity show was an off-Broadway show and working with a very, um, very cool playwright. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Is there anything about that experience with working with that playwright that mm. feeds you now as you're doing this one-woman show? Yeah, because, I mean, Christopher Durang is, he's so remarkable. I, I feel like there are no other playwrights like him. Mm. Like, he's so funny, but he also, like, it can be quite wacky and out there, but then it just can, put like, kind of give you that gut punch sometimes, like, and brings you down to earth and shows you, like, I don't know, a side of humanity that, you know, you didn't realize was, like, in you or I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, you know, it just really exposes that side of humanity that, um, sorry, I'm just feeling a little lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But it, like, it resonates. It yeah, resonates it resonates. So yeah. yeah. And um, so I kind of love to do that same thing with my writing. I like to do something meaningful, but also have some comedy in there because for me, the story of Ruby was quite intense and... Um, but for me as a writer, I love to take anything that's painful in my life and sort of write about it and add some comedy in there because it's kind of how you heal. I guess most, most people who, who write comedy or a lot of comedians do have those painful episodes in their life and mm -hmm. a way to like kind of heal from that is to work through that, you know? Yeah. So Ruby... You know, it is about the experience of a miscarriage. Yes. And I, I wonder, you wrote a very touching note in your program about dedicating this show um, to other women who have had this experience. Yeah. Um, what, what do you want the audience to take away from Ruby? Um... I think the reason I wrote this piece was to help people feel less alone in their journey, whether they, um, as a couple, experienced it, singularly experienced it, or know people that experienced it. But for me personally, I just didn't know how, how to cope with the feelings I was having. So I thought I'm going to write about this and hopefully reach out to other people so that they feel less alone in this kind of journey mm. after it happens. Because... It is very complicated. Um, I think especially for me because um, I had what <laughs> I talk about in the show, but it, I guess with my miscarriage, I didn't have um, a lot of those things that people get in their early pregnancies. So 
you know, for me, I, I never was able to see anything that even resembled what we would call a baby. So it, for me, it was very complicated to like try to understand what what happened. Like, what was that? Why am I feeling so just devastated by this? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was the fact that it was the potential to be something that I will now never be able to experience, if that makes sense. So yeah, I wanted to write about it and also help others to sort of know that they're not alone out there. Well, it's a very honest exploration, I think. Um, I have read the script. I haven't seen it yet, but I look forward to it. Um, when you performed this the first time, this was mm-hmm. in New York, right? You've yes. had one other production of this. Um, um, I, is that correct? I have done it twice. Um, yes. I worked with the same director, um, Jake Lipman, and she produced it with her theater company, Tongue in Cheek. So she produced it with her solo show festival, mm. and then I and then she produced it again um, for Planet Connections festivity. So I did it um, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. pre-pandemic <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, don't we yeah. all miss that pre-pandemic life <laughs> we do um so yeah it was it was you know and it was great to do it in new york but i also wanted to come back kind of to my roots like i am from the south and you know bring this story to a different audience yeah um, and how did it feel to in those original productions to, to bring this story to an audience and then have that audience relationship with such a, a personal and, and what you describe as, you know, being an isolating experience you yeah. know, when you first had that. Um, it, it was kind of amazing because I did get, you know, audience members reach out to me to tell them, you know, how grateful they were that I told this story or how it touched them or, you know, and I even had some actors say, oh, I'd love to do a monologue from your play. And wow. I was like, so, you know, I just, I did feel like I did it a few times in New York, but I wanted to reach audiences again mm-hmm. because I feel like it's still a story that needs to be told and things have changed. Like you do see news articles now where there are celebrities that talk about their miscarriages, which is quite, you know, I think can be quite powerful because people understand like, oh, even people who seem to have these perfect lives still experience this grief and this loss that you can't control, really. Yeah. So, Yeah, the, the loss of it is very powerful in the way that you write about it. Um, and yet so much humor. I mean, really, yes. very funny show. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like because I grew up on comedy and comedy is like my first love like I you know it's something I I think after the show I feel like I'm gonna write something that's even funnier like you know I just feel like yeah I need to write something that but then I still like to do that thing of like you know it needs to also be touching and poignant as well Mm -hmm. so I don't know I have a new play that I'm working on um, that actually does have this theme in it it's not the entire theme but um I sort of take the character and go a little further um, in this full-length play that I've written called Just Kids. Um, Different character, but like a similar story Mm. um, for her background. And it's about three women and and their different journeys um, with motherhood. So when you're creating this um, 
the character that's in Ruby is yes. also called Susan. Yes. Are there any differences between Susan on stage and Susan, just Susan? Yeah, <laughs> there are a few. Um, I did do a little bit of, I did, ex- there's things that I experienced, but I sort of changed them slightly, if that makes sense, yes. um, to make more of an impact. So Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a few changes. Mm-hmm. It's not quite entirely based on my life, but mm-hmm. there's some things that I just wanted to express that I, I guess sometimes I, I would read different women's stories and I wanted to include some of that also in the show. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. We try not to reveal too much about the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we, we want people to come see it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've got to. Um, that's great. I wonder if you have any advice for other people considering writing a one-person show. Yeah. Uh, what, what you would tell the, the version of you that was just getting started. Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I've always kind of had confidence as a performer, but as a writer, I've ha- always had to, I don't know, like even writing that program today gave me a little bit of anxiety because <laughs> I like to make sure like I say everything the right way. Um, so as a writer, I don't know. For me, this show, so how this show started, um, I hadn't thought about doing a one-person show. But my director in New York had seen me at an audition and we ran into each other at a casting and she asked me if I'd written a solo show and I had been working on one, but it was not Ruby. It was a completely different show about like my past, like dating life, you know, Mm. (laughs) different people. And I was like, yeah, I've written something. And then, and then on the, I had flown to England with my husband, he's from England and and on the plane ride there, I just started letting Ruby pour out of me. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote most of it, the first draft of it, on the ride from New York to England. Um, so, yeah, it was just, I feel like if you have that, if you have that something that you are desperate to, like, get out and you want to help other people kind of experience know what you went through and maybe it will help them. I feel like solo shows, I like stories that are very personal. You know, there's always those solo shows that are just comedy and they're great and they're funny. And um, But I feel like if you have a very personal story to tell, like that I think makes the best type of solo show. And yeah, find someone who really will um, encourage that in your life. Yeah. Do you feel like um, you might perform Ruby again for another audience in the future? Yeah, I would. I would perform it again. Um, it is a very personal story, so I do have to go through a lot while performing it. And I hadn't performed it in a few years, so it has been quite emotional to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually a story I would love for another actor to perform sometime. Oh, so I would definitely um, be open to that, like seeing someone else perform the show. Even though it is my story, I 
I think I love as a writer, like, you know, seeing what other people come up with. And I I don't know. I'm very open to that. So, yeah. So if there are any uh, very adventurous actors listening, (laughs) (laughs) that could be interesting for your future. Um, Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Susan, for your time. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. And everyone, please come check out Ruby as part of Burning Coal's second stage series. It opens this week. We're so thrilled to have her here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. This Burning Coal production is sponsored by The Classical Station. Listen at 89.7 FM or online at theclassicalstation.org. Show dates for Ruby are June 7th, 8th, 10th, 17th, and 18th. Tickets can be found at burningcoal.org slash secondstage or can be reserved by calling us at 919-834-4001. Hope to see you there.